Hello, I'm Gabriel Schenk, and welcome to this short introductory lecture on the fantasy author T.H. White. Terence Hanbury White was born in 1906, and he died in 1964. He wrote 23 books, including poetry, translation, children's literature, and even a guide for training goshawks. But his most famous work is a retelling of the Arthurian legend. Uh, his work is uh, full of adventure, full of humour and wit, um, but also full of sadness and tragedy. Um, and I think that combination makes him a wonderful writer of fantasy literature. Uh, he was born in India in 1906, um, and by 1911 he'd been sent back to England, uh, his native home, uh, to live with his grandparents in Sussex um, at just the age of five. And this was partly um, because his parents were so unhappy and so dangerous. Uh, they kept on arguing with each other. They kept on threatening to um, hurt um, T.H. White that he was uh, sent away from them. And he continued to have a really difficult relationship with his mother um, throughout his life. <clears throat> and the fantasy scholar Tom Shippey even puts T.H. White on a list of traumatised authors who later on wrote fantasy. Um, but he had a, a better time when he read English at Queen's College, Cambridge, uh, and he wrote his dissertation on this book, uh, Mallory's Le Mort d'Arthur. This was one of the very first books ever to be published in 1485. And you can see it's a very thick book, um, and it's thick because Sir Thomas Mallory collected all the different stories and legends of King Arthur, who um, was a king who may or may not have existed, but certainly is written about in medieval romance. And uh, he tells the whole story of Arthur's reign from the moment that Arthur is born to the moment that he's defeated at the hands of Mordred and his kingdom ends. Uh, and uh, T.H. White read this book, uh, wrote about it in his dissertation, and then a few years later he reread Thomas Mallory's La Morte d'Arthur. And he came to a realization that he'd missed what it was all about to begin with. Um, for White, uh, the Arthurian story is all about trying to avoid warfare. This is what he thought Mallory was trying to do find an antidote to war itself. How do we stop going to war? Well, this is what he thought Mallory was trying to answer. And this inspired T.H. White to write his own versions of the Arthurian legend. And he began doing this with The Sword and the Stone, um, which was published in 1938. And this is a fascinating book because it's set in a period that isn't covered by Thomas Mallory. So Mallory begins with the birth of King Arthur, and then he says that Arthur pulls the sword out of the stone, which makes him become King Arthur, King of all of England, according to a magical prophecy about this sword. Uh, what White does is he sets his story in the period of time when Arthur is a child and doesn't know he's about to become King of England. Um, and he has the character of um, Merlin, the wizard, train Arthur up by teaching him different lessons um, through the form of turning him into animals um, by magic. And this was also turned into uh, an animated film by Walt Disney. 
Um, and Tish White has a lot of fun with this version of the story because he can sort of play around with it. You know, there's, it's never been done before. He can do whatever he likes. So he throws in Robin Hood there as well, even though Robin Hood's kind of belongs to a different literary tradition. Uh, and it's a very funny and, um, and, and informative book. The sequel, The Witch in the Wood, is set um, after Arthur has become king. And it deals with the problems that Arthur has as king. And he's trying to avoid warfare. He's trying to be a good leader. The sequel to that book, The Ill-Made Knight, is about one of the knights in King Arthur's round table, Sir Lancelot. And then T.H. White continued the story in a fourth book called The Candle in the Wind, which was published alongside the first three parts in this book, The Once and Future King, published in 1958. And the title, The Once and Future King, refers to King Arthur because, according to the legend, he was king at one point, so he was once king, but also he is a future king because he will come back. He's, he hasn't actually died. He's just hiding. He's gone off to, to rest somewhere. He's going to come back and save us in our hour of need. Uh, and so T.H. White um, republished the first three books that he'd already written. He actually rewrote them for the 1958 Once and Future King. He um, changed some of the lessons that the young Arthur is taught by Merlin to emphasize the point about avoiding warfare. And he also rewrote The Witch in the, the, Witch in the Wood uh, to focus less on the character of Morghese, which he had sort of based on his mother um, and uh, it felt sort of had spoiled that whole book. And so he, he reduced those sections and put the emphasis back on Arthur himself. Um, the fantasy author C.S. Lewis read some of T.H. White's books, um, Mrs. Masham's Repose and The Sword in the Stone, and he wrote to his friend to say, have just read T.H. White's Mrs. Masham's Repose, which I think excellent. The vulgarity which spoiled The Sword and Stone, like a pencil moustache scribbled on the lip of a great statue, seems to have disappeared. So this is C.S. Lewis's opinion in 1947. As you can tell, he did not like The Sword and the Stone. He thought it was disrespectful to the great matter of Britain as written um, by Sir Thomas Mallory, that T.H. White was taking too many liberties with the legend and having too much fun with it, perhaps. And he thought he should have been much more serious and respectful in that book. Um, however, later critics have been much more um, favourable to T.H. White. The fantasy author Lev Grossman wrote, The Sword in the Stone is the most perfect story of a childhood ever committed to paper. White took hold of the ultimate English epic and recast it in modern literary language, sacrificing none of its grandeur or its strangeness, and it is very strange, in the process and adding in all the humour and passion that we expect from a novel. But my favourite summary of The Once and Future King comes from the novelist Helen MacDonald, who wrote, The Once and Future King is that great historical epic, that comic, tragic, romantic retelling of Arthurian legend that tussles with questions of war and aggression and might and right and the matter of what a nation is or might be. 
And I am much more in agreement with Helen MacDonald and Lev Grossman than I am with C.S. Lewis on this matter. I think Lewis just got it wrong. And uh, perhaps if he'd continued reading T.H. White and read The Once and Future King, he would have changed his mind because he would have seen that T.H. White is actually making some quite serious points in amongst all this fun and fancy um, of The Sword and the Stone. Uh, And I'm going to leave you with a quotation from T.H. White. This is from The Sword and the Stone, and it's one of my favourite quotations in English literature. And for me, this kind of captures the, um, the, what I've been saying about T.H. White, that kind of sense of fun, the wit, um, but also some of the sadness in his work. The best thing for being sad replied Merlin, beginning to puff and blow, is to learn something. That is the only thing that ever fails. You may grow old and trembling in your anatomies. You may lie awake at night, listening to the disorder of your veins. You may miss your only love. You may see the world about you devastated by evil lunatics, or know your honour trampled in the sewers of baser minds. There is only one thing for it, then, to learn." I think that's a wonderful message. Um, Whether Thomas Mallory really did write the Arthurian legend in order to find an antidote to war is, uh, is, is, is up for discussion. But what I certainly think is that T.H. White uh, wrote The Once and Future King in order to try and find that antidote to war and to learn in the process um, and as you can see from this quotation, learning is is the best thing for being sad. So um, I hope I've inspired you to read T.H. White. I hope I've inspired you to keep learning, especially if you're feeling sad. And thank you very much for listening.